everyone, and welcome to I'm Frickin' Lonely, How About You? Staying connected in the time of COVID. I'm your host, Sheila Nall. We're coming to you from the room above my garage in Princeton, New Jersey, where we've been listening to people's stories about the trajectories of their lives and how those were impacted by the pandemic. From the Daily Om this morning, it was noted that, and I quote this, everyone has a story to tell if we take the time to listen. And I'm privileged to hear and share with the listeners just a few of those stories. Today, I'd like to welcome our guest, Blair Miller. Blair is the founder and director of a wonderful organization called the Mr. Rogers Neighbors Kindness Project. A little bit of a mouthful. (laughs) Can't wait to hear more about that over the next 40 minutes or so. From what I know of Blair, the word kindness in the name certainly is indicative of her nature. Blair is a very caring person to both humans and animals alike, maybe even more so to animals. (laughs) What's not to love? (laughs) Thank you, Blair, for agreeing to join us to tell us a bit of your story. So, Blair, before we get into the meat of the matter, uh, tell us more about yourself. Hi, Sheila. Hey. Hi. Um, Welcome to the garage. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the intro. Actually, speaking of animals, we have Mags, my uh, German short hair pointer, with us. Mags has actually attended some of our others. She often uh, (laughs) accompanies us in this effort. That's true. Yeah. Uh, So yes, I am the founder and director of Mr. Rogers' Neighbors Kindness Project. I'm also Mags' mom. Uh, She just turned three years old. and We had a nice party for her. (laughs) Yes, we did. (laughs) And her full name is Anna Magdalena Bach, which she's named after Bach's second wife. Uh, Not very many people know know that. Because I'm a lover of classical music and I studied piano performance. Actually, Westminster Choir College is my alma mater. And I went on to study music business, so I'm a lover of the arts, supporter of the arts, lover of the community, and like you said, a big lover of animals. Yeah, (laughs) actually, that's how we met. Yes. (laughs) Through through your love and my love of animals. Yeah, so you said one of the things, the thrust of this conversation really is to sort of track different people's lives and what they're doing and how it's been impacted and changing and how people adapt. And uh, that's sort of, you know, as we've done these interviews, has become sort of the recurring theme, the adaptability of humans, uh, adaptation to changing circumstances, whatever they may be. In this case, we're using COVID, but, you know, one of my other invitees really mentioned any kind of big change in life, such as, a, a you know, a death in the family or a breakup, perhaps. So, um, you know, you said, you know, you had some changes in your life. And uh, also, you mentioned that you were really COVID conscious, you know, when when COVID you know, started in the end of 2019 and beginning of 2020, mentioned how COVID conscious you were. And I wondered how that manifested itself and how that maybe impacted what were you working on at that time? Yeah, so at the, the onset of COVID, I was working at the Prince University Art Museum, Right. Um, which was a phenomenal experience. It's a great museum. Not many people know that just in our backyard, we have such an amazing resource of Monet's and Degas and um, just, you know, grade A artists uh, available at our fingertips. We're just so lucky to have such a cultural plethora of of options to support and go to. And yeah, like the um, symphony, you know, Princeton Symphony Orchestra. We're such a small community. Exactly. It's just, it's just incredible. So I was uh, really grateful to be working there, loved my team, loved what I was doing. I was helping with um, patron engagement and so far as I was tasked with doing surveys when we had special exhibitions, like take, for example, the Nature's Nation show, which was put on um, by American Art and Environmentalism by Carl Cusero. 
uh, I was able to talk to people and ask them what they liked, what they didn't like, um, what they thought about the labels, what they thought about the flow of traffic, what they thought about the cushions on the couches, you know, anything, just kind of seeing how people felt and what would make them most comfortable and, and more likely to interact with art. And I was also helping out in sales, um, in the gift store, pretty much wherever needed with visitor patron services. And um, because the arts, you know, are funded and rely so heavily on the community, it was the first and and the biggest um, to be hit by the effects of COVID. So I think that's been a recurrent theme, you know, was was the heavy impact on the arts. Yeah. So so I think March the second week of March, I was laid off. Our whole team was was laid off, um, which was really unfortunate and scary because I remember, you know, because we were so committed at the university to customer service and customer experience, I remember holding the door for thousands of people. That's terrifying. Um, and you were, at that <laughs> we, time, I'm sure you didn't have a mask on or did you? No mask. We oh didn't know gosh. about it. It was the, you know, we just heard the first cases was and looking back. So I think March was when we heard it was actually starting. We, we started hearing there might be closures and wow. um, we, we, you know, at that point we were thinking, you know, we were going to hang on and because people needed solace, people, we thought the arts would, would help people feel secure and it did, but we couldn't because of safety reasons. So I got laid off. And, um, the first thing I did, I I got home and I remember thinking, uh, I looked at mags, mags and I were curled up on the couch and and my life had just like all, like many of us had just completely changed. And I thought, wow, I'm going to have a lot of extra time on my hands and I'm going to go mad because I'm a person who always needs to be in motion, physically, mentally stimulated. And I'm with you on that. Like my dog. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah yes, <laughs> my dog we, definitely We're is. a good pair because we have that in common <laughs> for sure. Um, so I thought hey, I'm going to start volunteering. And my brother has a history of homelessness. And um, uh, so it's a cause I've always cared about. And I had volunteered at Corner, Corner House in town and other places. And they were all shut down. And oh, Corner House was shut down? Everything was shut down. Oh, that, and by sense. the time I started wanting to volunteer, there were no... And I started thinking, what are these Just homeless people? Just for the people? listeners, what does Corner House do? It's a homeless uh, homeless resource for people. It was running out of the church on Nassau Street. Okay. Um, there are other others as well. Um, and I was just kind of aghast and beside myself thinking, wow, like if my brother were homeless at this point, you know, and he doesn't, ha- wouldn't have shelter, wouldn't have food, you know, what are these people going to do? So I kind of was the impetus for my idea for Mr. Rogers um, to start in the name of Mr. Rogers himself, support kindness. And rather than just have food, like a food pantry set up where people would have resources that they might need in a time of need, such as COVID, to kind of do it through local businesses. So you can not only help the people in need with food, but also help the the business owners who would need to retain their employees, keep sales up, keep profitabilities up. Because so many, as you know, walking in Palmer Square, it's so disheartening to see how many restaurants and stores closed. That's true. And even the, one, the ones that we actually would patronize, we did see, you did a wonderful job because there was an awareness, you know, that you could buy an extra meal at a particular restaurant and then it would be donated to the Mr. Rogers yeah. uh, Kindness Project. And um, so I... Once I was aware of it, you know, I would, anybody I was dining with, I would say, look, do this, you know, and so we. Yes. Thank you, Sheila. (laughs) We sort of broadened it. You're the reason we are where we are today. Uh, Broadened it. But you also worked with the local grocery store. Everywhere. So we, yeah, we partner, we call them our partnering businesses. 
uh, we call neighbors businesses, kind of keeping with the branding and Mm -hmm. the theme of kindness and neighborhood. Um, So we have anywhere from grocery stores where you can get needed products for people, uh, pharmacies, um, restaurants, bakeries, ice cream stores, over 35 businesses partnering with us. That's fantastic. And um, you started this after the pandemic? It, the the yeah. first month in really? March. In oh March. So within two weeks or a week, a week, by the end of the first week I was laid off, I was doing this. Wow. I started off just somebody at tra- trajectory changed yeah. phenomenally. But actually, so helpful to others, but it's, it's a lot of work for you. I mean, it was a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of How work. did you find people to, like, volunteer with you? Where did you uh, So first, connect? a name that a lot of people know, Ross Wishnick. Um, he's a really connected person who's, uh, he started uh, Send Hunter Hunger Packing. Um, he was the one who said, you know, Blair, you're really on to something. Because I had wanted to volunteer, and these nonprofits couldn't really... They had to wait for approvals to get new volunteers. It was just, you know, a lot. Um, So because I was kind of a one-woman show, Mm -hmm. I had more freedom and flexibility to do whatever I wanted and as quickly as I wanted. So I was, because I'm kind of driven ambitious and I don't take no for an answer, I just (laughs) got shit done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Ross was, you know, put me in touch with one person, another person, and, um, and he said, you know, I, at one point, I my first day doing McCaffrey's, I had sold 150 bags. Wow. And it was it did better than I thought. And I had all these bags on my porch, and Ross drives by and is like, Just what so the people hell? know what these bags are, actually bags that, um, that uh, Blair has put together in conjunction with the grocery store of products that people right. could use. They're the typically kind of exper- expensive little products, like Tide Pods and right. those kinds of things, which... You know, people really need, but it feels like a big expense. So I think that's just anyway. So these pa- paper bags are available yeah. uh, at the checkout to purchase as you check out your groceries, and then you put them in a, a shopping cart, uh, and then I guess you or your team pick them up and right distribute them distribute out them. of our free store. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you know, I met Lori, and uh, we have Lisa. We had. Uh, you know, we don't have consistently 30 people a day volunteering, but we've had over 50 people um, come and go when they either are out of school, out of work, when they were working from home, schooling from home. Some people had more hours, fewer hours. Um, so it's just been wonderful. Yeah. Have you been able to get any funding or how so does I, that work? Uh, we're not yet a 501c3. Um, I'm in the process. I have some, uh, I'm not the best with paperwork, so that's been a huge learning <laughs> experience for me very difficult I actually filled out paperwork incorrectly but yeah I can play like a chess game it's it's just like the, my brain wiring is just a little different uh-huh. um but paperwork is is not easy for me mm-hmm. um but we had set up a GoFundMe and I think we raised over twelve thousand dollars so that's what kept the the tent uh, I pay for insurance every month for our free store pays for the bags the supplies it pays for um, the signage. It pays for the marketing. It pays for everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, actually, a lot came out of my life savings because I wasn't so smart with, <laughs> with my savings and money. Yeah, <laughs> and I hadn't been making money so the whole pan- since the whole pandemic started. And that's been a, a recurring theme, also, is, is for a lot of people. The financial right. uh, impact of the pandemic has really, really been hard. Yeah, uh, for a lot of people and has depleted their life savings. That's right. Yeah. Especially I had a lot of health issues with my dog and 
just a lot of bad luck mm-hmm. <laughs> happening, life circumstances that I, no one would have uh, anticipated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. to be unemployed it's uh, at, at this time is really, really, really difficult. You know, I was one of the lucky ones because I retired, you know, concurrent to this. Very you know, lucky. Jeez. So, um, yeah. you know, Very I lucky. Wasn't relying on that. So what about your relationships or the impact on outside of the Mr. Rogers? Of course, it sounds like you haven't had a lot of time to <laughs> cultivate your relationships, but, you know, you said you're, you know, you're pretty outgoing and generally f- friendly and like to spend quality time with well, I've heard I'm people. more friendly with animals, though, Sheila, so <laughs> I don't know what that is. I didn't that, say I <laughs> that. I said you cared a lot about animals. And, <laughs> I know. do, I do. <laughs> I like animals better than people, frankly. No, my ex-boyfriend <laughs> would tend to agree with you, but yeah. that's a whole other story. That is, that is a story, but that's a story that, you know, is <laughs> concurrent with this whole saga, yeah? Yeah. Um, so it's a good question. I I would say, yes, I am friendly with animals and with people. <laughs> and I, I like to, um, I, I've heard I'm outgoing. I think I'm somewhat outgoing. I try to be, you know, a warm, open person. I, 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 th- I find it easy to, to connect with people throughout the pandemic. Luckily, this Mr. Rogers Neighbors Kindness Project was really social and I've became amazing. I've had amazing friendships come out of my volunteerism and our team and people. We celebrate our birthdays together. We walk, hike our dogs together. But like you said, I was very COVID conscious, more so than most people. And I didn't really, because, especially because I was interfacing with a vulnerable community, so I, I felt like I had to be even more careful than most people. I didn't go out to restaurants. I think I went on one or two dates in a restaurant uh, throughout the whole pandemic. I don't feel comfortable even yet going to the movies. or um, So really, I did one-on-one time with volunteers. We'd always wear our masks at work, but you know, it was slowly kind of expanding what we called the pod uh, hiking was spending a lot of times out outdoors with the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say my close friendships, we zoomed a lot. We had, you know, wine nights, we had a board, couple board game nights on zoom. Oh, wow. Um, which That's was a lot of fun to play a board game. Yeah, you can zoom. do it. Yeah. Yeah. We played How a that? concept, I guess they just have these websites where you log in, you get a password and it's screen sharing and you, it's real time. Oh, duh. Game playing. I <laughs> Says what I know. I didn't realize that was available. <laughs> well, you're doing so so much technology with your podcast. You could you could definitely figure it out. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And one of my best friends got married. Um, and that was recently. That was like last month. So I t- I didn't have a mask on him and danced. It was outdoor wedding and felt comfortable with that. But I would say with my close friends, I'm one of those people who maintains like close friendships and meaningful conversations where you don't just talk about the weather and those sorts of subjects (laughs) yeah Yeah. no like real deep hearted meaningful conversations talking about our growth what we're working on life goals Mm -hmm. um heartache you know those sort of things Mm -hmm. and Um, that's exactly you know sort of the thrust of this whole podcast is just to want to you know learn how everybody's lives have changed in those ways and been impacted those ways oh you guys should see mags has got her little chin up here like a bobblehead (laughs) Uh, what about family? You know, uh, my family's scattered thither and yon, and so I really don't have family gatherings and wasn't as impacted probably about seeing or not seeing my family because uh, as, as a lot of people whose families are close. Um, my, my, so I grew up in Pennsylvania, uh, not too far from kind of a suburb of Philadelphia. So when, when we said going to the city where I'm from, it was Philadelphia now living in New Jersey 15 years in Princeton. <laughs> the city is now New York. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. 
But my mom is in Pennsylvania where I grew up. My dad, my parents are divorced. My dad is in Skillman, actually. Um, my dad has some underlying health issues, so I didn't see him for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go outside and run mags in his backyard, and we both have masks on, and he'd wave from, you know, like those kind of heartwarming pictures you see, those COVID memes of, like, the grandparents touching the, the glass. Those, yeah. So heartbreaking. Yeah. And the, the grandchild they probably met for the first time touching the, the other side of the glass. So that mm-hmm. was sort of the... So I, not, I didn't really stay in touch with family as well as I could have, um, really just zooms and calls with close friends and, uh, but my social life was really just volunteers, Mm -hmm. socially distanced. Well, you've spent, you know, you've invested so much of your time on that. It really hasn't given you opportunity from what I can see. Now I don't know Blair intimately y'all, but, um, just from what I can see, you know, you spend so much time invested in that Um, I had a a boyfriend uh we started dating September and we broke up a couple months ago so that was really we also you know relationship in the age of COVID you kind of things either seem to progress kind of quickly so we were living together throughout that year and I guess we moved into we're in the same bubble yeah exactly (laughs) and he traveled a lot for work so um that was how we did things and and so when I wasn't you know, working, and he worked a lot too. We both worked a lot. And when I wasn't talking to my friends, um, we would spend time together. Mm-hmm. So that was my social life as well. Right. But then that went south. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Or yeah. north. <laughs> or, but, yeah. I, I don't know how, what, what, how it went, um, but it it ended, and um, he broke up with me. And uh, it's never easy. Breakups are never easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I've been fortunate. I have usually been the one doing the breaking up and not on the other end. But... Um, it's always more difficult when it's not your decision. Yeah, well, it's a tough pill to swallow. And, you know, it, what's so particularly, just again, from an out, outside observation, you know, being thrown all this stuff at the same time, you know, all the changes that you have to make, uh, you know, with the pandemic, changes in, you know, your relationships, just being able to see your friends, your job, you know, starting the startup, and then, you know, and then the breakup, it seems like you've had a lot more upheaval than maybe some other Oh, I think people. for sure. <laughs> I, I, I will yeah. say, you know, not woe is I, um, but I, w- I will say I've had, um, I've had a, a lot of kind of a series of unlucky, mis- you know, unfortunate events. I, um, in May, it was my birthday, I turned 35 in May. And actually, I share a birthday with Tchaikovsky and Brahms. Well, there you go. <laughs> no wonder it's your calling. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I fell down my front steps on the way to a shift, a volunteer oh, right. shift. I remember you mentioned that you broke your Yeah, foot. I had a double contusion, in which I don't, I'm not even clear. I, I One person said it is a fracture. The other person said it's not a fracture. Whatever it is, it was extremely painful, and I couldn't walk for months, couldn't drive. Did you, like, wear a boot? Or? I had a boot on. <laughs> um, that's always attractive. <laughs> and my boyfriend was like super, uh, super supportive and helpful, but that's actually I think the idea of I had a sick dog almost died in January. Um, she oh, got bloat. Huh? Yeah, she got Aww. bloat. She was in the ER, um, and I remember the vet saying, you know, if you do, you have two options. One, it's about an eighty percent chance she could die. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is just a waiting game, but there's no guarantee she'll survive this. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, Mags's health in January, my injury. Uh, mold apartment having to move from place to place to place and you know just depleting a life savings because of you know irresponsibility on my end and not not I always think I'm one of those people where 
because I'm so driven and I'm, I'm so like hard on myself, I always think I can do everything. And then I realize, oh, wow, that maybe not have been, you know, that, <laughs> I that's didn't not think as realistic. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, but, you know, lesson learned. And then the breakup, of course, like you mentioned, that was, um, that was sad, especially because I had realized, you know, I'd been married in the past and when you're married, well, you know, because you're married, you have an amazing husband, Dan. Um, <laughs> Thanks. I like him. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. He's a good boy. You seem like you like each He's other. He's a good boy. Good boy. <laughs> um, but what I was saying is it's, you just spend so much time as a married couple. You just become so familiar and you get to know, you can finish each other's sentences. And um, and when I was married, you know, obviously I love my husband very much. We spent a lot of time together. We're still, we're still friendly. But, you know, I spent more time with this, my recent relationship than I did in my marriage. Mm -hmm. And that's just what COVID, that's just the nature of COVID. Oh yeah. That's a really good observation. You know, that people had been thrown together and more up close and personal. You think about of separation and not being connected, but you really are for those that you were housed with. It's a lot. You're up close and personal more so than you even had planned to or could endure. (laughs) And I didn't, I didn't realize, I, I mean, I had told my boyfriend at the time that I'm a person who you know, I, I value my independence. I thrive with my space. I like to feel like I have space. And I was living in a very small apartment, um, which I didn't realize how small it was until COVID hit. And I, I do think that even though I, I was, you know, I was slow to move in together and I was hesitant, which I think might have, in retrospect, kind of hurt his feelings, though, even though I had warned him it wasn't personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, one second, Mags is uh, it's distracting. <laughs> what you got, man? Well, that's the way it is. All kids with their parents yeah, misbehave like, more. She's perfect that's, when strangers are around. very true. <laughs> Any other time she's attended these sessions, she's been an angel dog. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Like, what I can do, mommy. <laughs> um, so well, we were talking about being, you know, being confined with people. Right. So I, I just think spending all this time with this big dog who has a lot of energy and my boyfriend and I, I, I had in good faith thought that I could, I was ready uh, and, and it was wonderful, but I think I do think that the, the the space restraints and you know both working from home and and running our own businesses and I do think it, it added to his relationship stress well, plus you know, the injury and plus yeah, just all the, just all the life you know derailments. Well, you know, sort of related to that, the pandemic really has been a true test of relationships. You know. You see couples that, that got through it and thrived. Mm. It was like the perfect test. Okay, is this a good relationship? Is does it have? Oh yeah, does definitely. it have the staying power that it needs? You know, um, actually, what's it's the freaking test of fire, man. I have someone else for you to interview, Sheila. Her name's Rish. She's one of my dearest friends. She just found out today she got a job, a kick-ass job at Google. Mm. Um, and I was just telling her about your your podcast, and and she has a lot to share. Um, but I love but, meeting new people. That's yeah, also one of the she, things that. I'm excited about you know. yeah she's she's amazing she's an amazing woman but she I, I was so excited and a part of me is a little envious because I'm also looking for this full-time job and have some ideas of what I want to do um and I just started uh looking you know a couple months ago and Rish was saying thank you to me and she said you know this COVID has taught me that a lot of the friends I thought I had weren't there for me mm. and she actually lost a lot of friendships as a result of COVID wow. um because like you were saying, when you have these difficult, challenging experiences, you it, it does kind of force the hand. Mm-hmm. Who can really, you know, char- character, and it comes out. And she said, you know, even though all I talked about was my stress with work for hours, 
you know, you, you stuck by and, mm-hmm. and I want to thank you. And I said, that's what friends are for. You know, to me, it, I don't even think about being any other, other way. Mm-hmm. But she said she knows so many people are, who are different. And I think uh, something I learned, what you just said, I, I learned that, you know, people who have staying power and who understand who, how difficult relationships are, they, a pandemic isn't going to That's a really cool takeaway right there. You know, yeah. just, uh, I don't think we've touched on that previously. So glad we, we stumbled upon that. <laughs> Yeah, so the art certainly were impacted, and your uh, career, your path is certainly. But, you know, you were talking, again, about things that you'd learned while we were in the pandemic lockdown. You were talking about Brahms Piano Concerto? <laughs> you know, you had a piano at that time. Yes, so I... have I, a crummy little keyboard if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. borrow it? <laughs> um, you wouldn't be able to play Brahms on that, no way. <laughs> ah, I think that, so... When I, I think that, you know, I have, like, has come up in, in this podcast, I definitely have my flaws. One of them is money management, uh, which has come up. But I think one of my strengths, something that I, I've always really liked about myself, is goals. I always set myself goals. Mm-hmm. And when, the co- when COVID hit, I remember I wrote down what I'm going to do. And this is my goal. And I had a list of 13 goals. And I was dating someone at the time casually and just at the start like in March and I remember he looked at the list and he said wow I'm gonna take this idea do you mind if I do COVID goals and um, I kind of shared that I was doing this and everyone started doing it and it was really helpful and I didn't achieve all of them but I achieved like 90% of them and I just Mm -hmm. wrote down on a piece of paper almost like New Year's resolutions but I quarantine goals that's a great idea and one of them was to help the community uh one of them was to you certainly achieved that one (laughs) well I'm trying 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 and one of them was to keep my creative outlets open because Mm -hmm. for me feeling good isn't isn't possible without music Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, some people they need to. I think for millennials in general, a lot of a lot of millennials, when you go on social media, everyone's posting you know, yoga pictures and traveling and how happy they are and downward dogs and backward bends. I don't even know because I don't do <laughs> yoga. Um, but I, it's, I'm afraid of yoga. I think it's a cult. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I I'm half joking, you, but I'm half serious. Don't you dare say Namaste to me, or I'll punch you. <laughs> I'm serious. There is something. There's. Sorry, it's, it's almost. It's. It's like almost feels disingenuous. Where it's about the idea that you're happy, but you're not actually happy if you have to flaunt the idea. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's the nature of flaunting anything. Exactly. It's exactly protest too much, right? Right. Yeah. And so one of the things that the arts help me do is it helps me get centered without a cult like culture. It's mm-hmm. just like a genuine internal introspective. Uh, and, and it grounds me because I realize, like, I'm never going to be that powerful. You know, music is always going to be more powerful. And to me, you know, whether you believe in God or spiritual or whatever, for me, music has always made me feel this kind of like when you look up at the stars, that I'm small, but that I'm part of something oh, greater. Yeah. yeah. And um, Perfect analogy, really. Yeah. yeah. And I just... I can I relate just, to that completely. And I just love that feeling. And mm-hmm. so I... One of the goals I made sure I, you know, I just didn't just didn't do random goals like okay I want to you know get married or I want to get my a manicure. It, it was, <laughs> it, it was just not things I you know I, I right. not just random things. It was things that I knew would be good for me and things I wanted to be good for other people. It was a, a give and take of what I could feed my soul with and how I could feed others. Well, that's true. Unintended. I mean, that's a true meaning of self care in a way. You know. To understand what your what drives you and what gives you that internal joy and sense of purpose. Yeah, which is which is why I think it's awesome we're doing this podcast. It's mm-hmm. the same premise, right? Mm-hmm. So um, for me, Brahms one was that opportunity. So I bought the score, 
Luckily, I had bought a piano right before the pandemic, which is the only piece of luck I've had in the last two uh-huh. years. Where is it now? It's in, uh, who knows, storage, along with all my other life belongings. <laughs> so, yeah, so I had the piano, and uh, and I started learning Brahms 1, and I made a lot of mistakes. My hands were rusty because I hadn't performed in years and years and years. And um, But Brahms is, like, just a fucking genius. Just one, a fucking legend. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, made me feel... And Mags will come over and start nuzzling my arms to get me to stop playing. Uh, I swear this dog knows every mistake I make on the piano. <laughs> but in, a- in actuality, she just wanted me to pet her. And she she got, you know, I don't know if you've seen those memes. Uh, um, again, more COVID memes of dogs wanting their parents to go back to work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so Mags, uh, I think, just really enjoyed me being home. And yeah, dogs, animals yeah. were impacted by COVID a lot too. They definitely were. You know, pets was a whole additional. Yeah, you should start interviewing dogs. You should have the foxes come <laughs> on the podcast. Have dogs. You know, these questions would be. I'd love to hear Mags's answers to some of these mm-hmm. questions. Well, I have uh, on a previous podcast played what the fox says because I have, <laughs> <laughs> I have recordings of the foxes in my backyard. So, oh, wow. yeah. Mags, I'm sure, has sensed their their presence. But yeah, I mean, what pets have done for people during the pandemic is a whole additional uh, thread we could we could follow. Because um, I know I have two cats, and they've been so accustomed to having us there all the time. Of course, now because I'm retired, we don't have we don't run the risk of you know them having a separation anxiety. And there, people think cats don't care, but they do. Oh, they do. They do. Yeah, in their own way. In their, in their <laughs> well, some of my my previous cat, white cat, <laughs> she didn't care, but but uh, Mork and Mindy certainly do. But Mags, you know, I've learned to certainly love her. Well, it only takes a split second to fall in love with Mags. <laughs> Again, I know she's you're the me mom. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's always uh, kids are always worse for their parents. We yeah. all we all know that to be a fact. <laughs> but actually, for speaking on the psychological because I know a lot of your questions um kind of tap into the psyche but I would say since January my relationship with Mags as a result of COVID really was interesting uh and I think it's actually part of the reason my boy- my boyfriend broke up with me but um well I, then good just, riddance to that <laughs> son of a bitch frankly good uh, riddance you know you but so I just became you know really nervous about her health and when you like I just didn't want to lose her and started thinking you know well if if her life if she's my dependent my first time ever having a dependent you know I'm not a mom I don't have kids I'm not lucky enough to have kids she's my kid and uh she I felt like I was responsible for her health and these suddenly the vets start asking you these questions you know do you want to induce vomiting and there's a risk 80 percent risk she could die because her stomach could rupture and all suddenly I'm thinking I'm the I'm the advocate for this dog and I remember I, I took her to the vet. I'm not going to say which vet. It was an emergency vet. And um, I yelled at the person because she said, oh, your dog looks fine. You know, we're going to take someone else because COVID, emergency and COVID, you oh, wait right. in your car. Mm-hmm. You don't even see your dog. And I said, no, my dog has bloat and, and it's fatal. And um, and I said, can I please talk to somebody else who actually cares? And I had to advocate for her. And if it had been 10 more minutes, mm-hmm. there's a risk she wouldn't have gotten the care she needed. What a ter- um, yeah, that was a terrible time. Um you know, to not be able to have that face-to-face with, with the vet. You know, that's your child in there. Yeah. And you are their advocate. Yeah. Well, I try to be, but I do think now, I, I, in hindsight, I realize, you know, it's also, even though I almost lost her and I'm grateful she's here, you know, there are other, you don't want to suffocate. I don't want to be a, you know. A helicopter a, mom. A, a helicopter mom. I don't want to worry about her health all the time. Yeah, well, my daughter so is an to only d- child, so. 
she suffered through <laughs> somewhat of a helicopter yeah. mom. So, but she came out okay. So don't yeah. worry. Oh, she's great. She's, yeah, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just trying to to figure that out and work on that. But that's something that definitely was a challenge during COVID was my relationship with the dog and how do I care for her and still and not and not worry? How can I still be an advocate and and still give her what she needs, but realize that you know, I'm not, I'm not play God, you know, I'm, I can't, it's not my job to do everything all the time. Well, you know, and you've got to balance, um, you know, your own plans for the future and her, you know, and she's going to factor into that. And, and I know, right. And, and everybody is, is trying to figure out what are their plans for the future, right? right? Because things have changed, you know, and, um, work has changed. The way people work has changed. Everything. What your it's a great point. Lives are going to be, everybody is having to adapt. And so, She's your part of your family, and so as you plan your future, how are you gonna? How are you dealing with that as you make your your plans going forward? Because you know you, I know with the Mister Rogers project, you're trying to transition to a point of, of delegating some of the day to day operations so that you can look at it from a higher level and focus more on sort of your own other path forward, right. um, professional path forward. So I think I think this touches on sort of a. Uh, an impossible question. Oh, yeah. And the, the impossible question, I think, is the successful people, to be a successful entrepreneur, in my opinion, what I've read, people I've talked to, and people inspire me, you have to be all in. Mm-hmm. Eat, sleep, and breathe. It's like conservatory. And I studied at conservatories, you know, at the age of 14. I was at Eastman School of Music. And I know it's, it's the way when you're performing, it's that you're absorbed, you're fully enmeshed in what you're doing, how you're doing it. It's, it's in a certain intensity. I wouldn't say it's healthy, but it's just it's just kind of how you have to be to be at that echelon. Sure, yeah. And I think the reason I was able to get Mr. Rogers where it is today is because I was all in, like right. 100% all in. But the problem with that is, you know, where where are my needs and how am I doing? And, mm-hmm. am I, am I, and I think that before the pandemic, the all in, there's still room to grow. There's still... You still have your friends. You're still social. You have, like, I was extremely involved in public lectures and going to lectures and tango classes and lessons. And I was very active in the arts and the community, Planned Parenthood, activism, and things that I just were a part of me Mm -hmm. and what I believed in. But then in COVID, when you're all in something, it's almost suffocating. It's almost like drowning. It's Mm -hmm. it's not a healthy all in in that and. And so I think that um, the timing of me being all in in COVID was kind of, wasn't the healthiest. Um, And I think one of the mistakes I made was not really like focusing on, like I said, you know, what are my needs? You know, am I going to have enough money? Because the dog cost me, you know, $8,000. My life savings was gone on the dog's health, Mm -hmm. you know, $3,700 at one emergency clinic and all this other, you know, other expenditures. So I think, um, I, I think, I think I learned that when you're running a business, you should be all in, but it should be at a time in life. The choice of being all in, it's a choice, mm-hmm. and you should make that choice when your needs are met, you have a life savings, you have, you know, w- whatever it is to the person, it might be different for other people, but I, I think it's important to ask oneself, is this the right time to be all in in something? Mm-hmm. And I, I think the timing for me to be all in might not have been the best. Mm-hmm. Great so, observation. Yeah, right. so it's a lesson lesson learned, but... At least I know I have what it takes to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> For sure, I, I learned that about myself. I'm capable of that. But you really do, you know, I, I think one of the things that a lot of people who 
learned also is, and again, I might be speaking for privilege, but to focus on, in order to really do a good job for others, you really have to care for yourself. It's um, the whole oxygen mask. Pr- pr- yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah th- that whole uh, analogy, which is, is, I think, completely apt. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it, it, it's really hard. Um, you know, you have thrown yourself all in there, you know, but, but you focus on your music and trying to get back into post- poetry and writing and that kind of thing help, you know, can help you. Right. Well, I think yeah, I think self. I think what what I said is it's grounding. It brings me into me, and that's that's important. And so this is a whole question of independence. I value independence. I feel independent. Everyone around me says I'm independent, but the question is, can you really be independent? Can one, not you, universal you, if you don't have money? And that's a question I don't know the answer to. I guess I found out probably not. but you know, no, I I, <laughs> I knew <laughs> that's a that's a big question. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew I knew that um, you know I needed to focus on me, and I knew I wanted to focus on the community. I knew I needed to be all in. I also knew that writing and and having this outlet would help me focus on me. But it, it's sort of a work in progress. It's a bunch of variables you move around on, on um, and you realize what works and what doesn't work. And yeah. So what do you think is uh, your path forward with sort of uh, well, are you sort of that next? Yeah. So I've step? speaking of the money management issue. Um, I I do need to um, accept a full time job. I need to have funds. I have a lot of ideas. Always, um, I guess, because I just have that kind of creative thought process. Always, I have like a, a an idea book um, that I always just you know have ideas for how a product can work better, or how a person can feel better, or how you know just. Ha- I'm always thinking about I'm a solution kind of oriented person and want to make things better and and bring something to someone or to something and help. And um, I have a lot of ideas of businesses to start in the arts. I've already started some of them, but I'm just sort of at a point where, you know, it's it's like a pendulum that swings. You know, you can start off being all in and community minded and, and focusing the community. And then you're like, oh my gosh, where's my oxygen mask? And then the pendulum swings back to only having you on the, your oxygen mask on. And finding that balance. Pe- so right. So I'm tricky. just waiting for it to weigh in the middle and then, and then I'll have, you know, the full-time job, the money. And I think I'll always be doing Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. And my, my goal is to have it be more automated, more technologically um, focused and to have different, a little more self-sustaining. Yeah, <laughs> and to have and to have different, you know, umbrellas, you know, different uh, in different cities wherever I end up. Um, to have a Mister Rogers there and other places, and but yeah, no, it's not over yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there any? Are there any closing thoughts that you want to share with folks? I mean, this has been great, and no, I think it's I think I've it's great. I think a lot of people. You know, I just see people like my brother. My brother uh, is an incredibly bright, gifted, talented artist. Um, He's just so inordinately talented. He got all the the uh, the artistic genes in the family. Mm-hmm. I, I got the music. He's got the art. And, you know, he, um, well, he also has music too, actually. Uh, but he, I think, COVID was really great for someone like my brother. People like my brother who had a fear of failure, a fear of rejection, because suddenly everybody's no longer comparing themselves to other people. Every everyone Ooh. is in the same spot. That's yeah, uh, it's a real equalizer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hadn't even it's thought like of that no, before. You know, for my brother who who suffers with depression, you know, he's and, and mental illness. You know, you, you're outside, you're seeing everybody doing everything you're not, and always it's like, oh, that person has a job, that person's working, that person's doing this, mm-hmm. and and he has to fight every day to focus on just staying 
above water. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are like that. In fact, a lot of the volunteers at Mr. Rogers, I'm not going to obviously name names, no, of course not. but um, therapists, their therapists sent them in to work us. Oh, wow. Uh -huh. Because it's volunteering brings you outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. And that was similar at the, at the cat rescue where I was working with some folks who were sent in. Yes, as, as sent therapy. in. Yes, yeah. therapy. And so they, the and, and what I learned in talking to these people who, like my brother, have similar uh, mental health issues, that COVID was really, really good and productive for them. So I think it's possible to have, uh, through all of this, you know, loss and all of this um, sadness, for a lot of people, it was eye-opening and there was there were some positives. It, like, I, I learned what I'm not good at and um, I learned what I need to be better at and... Um, and I think for a lot of people, it was it was beneficial because instead of focusing on what everyone's doing and you're not, it, the focus was on themselves, and that's what I'm trying to focus on now too. Yeah, I love that. That's, no, that's a a little bit different takeaway than than we've had before, and that's just I guess I guess that's it. Um, Thank you. I just am excited to watch how your future unfolds, and anyway, I can. Hey, I'm thrilled. But um, no, thanks everybody um, <laughs> as ever. You know, it's my hope that this conversation provides people food for thought and uh, think about your path forward. And I hope that you'll join us next week as we share somebody else's COVID journey. So thanks a bunch and uh, thanks for listening. Stay connected.